All right, I'm going to give this a shot. Trying to record this show while driving because I haven't had a time to record a show since the last show, which those of you who actually follow the podcast have probably noticed. And uh, I'm not going to be so pretentious and lie to you guys and think that I've got a lot of following because I know I don't yet and that's the way things go. But hopefully sooner or later I will. Those of you who are holdovers from other podcasts that have shared this RSS feed maybe still listen from time to time. Um, so I've been busy. Uh, took the family out of town for the weekend uh, up to Nevada. And then uh, my, my day job, my actual career job, has been pretty busy the last few days. So I haven't had a chance to record. So... Uh, I figured I'm on my way to my second job, which is my, uh, I believe the kids call it a side hustle, but uh, there's nothing really cool about it like uh, that you think of as a hustle. But anyway, uh, I'm on my way down there. It's going to take me about a half hour or so to drive, so I figure, what the heck, might as well record a podcast on my phone, see how it goes. Eh, if the audio quality sucks worse than normal, then maybe I won't do it again, but at least it's something out there, and you got to keep the content coming, baby. That's one thing I learned from all the successful podcasters. Got to keep your content coming. Content, not contact. Content. And you should probably learn how to speak the language for which you're podcasting in, which I apparently am not good at. Um, anyway, so, uh, yeah. Uh, I actually had some feedback from my last podcast. Uh, one of my friends uh, who listens, Aaron said that he doesn't think I'm a helicopter parent because I don't allow, I don't make it so my kids don't experience things where they could fail or whatever. Um, no, I don't mean whatever, like I'm dismissing his comment. I mean, things of that nature. And to be honest, I listened to the comment. He sent me an audio message like the day before yesterday or yesterday. So my, you know, bird brain, I already forgot everything you said, but basically saying I wasn't a helicopter parent. Um, not, 100% sure if I agree with him because my inclination is to keep them from having any anything happen to them whatsoever um, and uh, you know always want to be the the dad that's that's there it was funny I was uh, I thought about this the other day where DMX had passed away and also I, I like DMX I'm, I'm not I wouldn't say I'm like a DMX fan like like uh, a lot of people are like I, I love listening to his music when I work out, and I love listening to um, his music when you know I'm in the music when I'm in the mood to listen to rap. DMX is one of my absolute go-tos. So I mean, I'm a fan in that way. I've never seen him a concert. Uh, don't know much about his life. Uh, you know, don't know much about him, but you know, I like him. Kind of like a, I'm a fan of his the way I'm a fan of let's say, I don't know. Pick a band. Shit. I probably should have thought that out a little bit better. Uh, anyway, I'm a fan of his the way I'm a fan of the Ramones. Let's put it that way. I like the Ramones. I think their contribution to music was great, uh, despite my friend Mark's disagreement with that, I'm sure. And uh, I like them, but I don't, you know, I know who Joey and Dee Dee and, you know, the basic guys are, but I don't know. I don't know a lot about the band. Anyway, um, I saw a video, though, that somebody had played of him and his daughter on one of those slingshot rides that they have uh, at the, at like carnivals and stuff where like you're basically strapped into a big ass rubber band 
and they just shoot you out, and then you kind of bounce back and forth till the rubber band loses a certain amount of slack, and then it pulls you back in, you get off. And I remember him, you know, the funny thing about DMX is when he talks, I know Dave Chappelle did a joke about this, but it's very true, like he talks kind of like he does when he raps, like he says like, you know what I mean, like really fast, like he's in interviews, and he's like, you know, yeah, I like this, this you know what I mean? And it's just, it's funny, because it's like, wow, he really does talk like that. Um, but uh, he's with his daughter. She's probably 10, maybe, 9. And they're on the slingshot thing. And she is, like, freaking out, as you would expect a child would on a ride like that. And he keeps yelling, don't worry, baby, daddy's here, daddy's here. And that's, like, my my thing with being a parent is, like, I always want my kids to know that I'm there for them. And I always wanted to be that soft place to land. So I guess the hard part for me is, is where does that, where do you need to have them where they land on something that's not a soft spot and uh, they, they, they learn to deal with adversity, you know, because the adversity that my kids have right now is, is very manufactured by my wife and I. It's very much like, you know, you can't do that stupid thing you did. I wouldn't call it stupid to them. Don't worry. Uh, and I'll say, you know, you can't do that thing that you did. And now I have to take away something from you or ground you for a short time or whatever time out or whatever parenting thing you do. And their adversity is how they figure out how to deal with doing that. So, uh, it's not really adverse at all. It's not like, you know, you're going to have to go without food for a week because mom and dad don't have any money. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to be raising the hardest kids in the world, but hopefully, you know, somewhat. And if I don't, it'll be my fault for not letting them go through adversity like so many other kids have to do. And it's sad that other kids have to. So I don't know. I guess you got to find that balance. And uh, maybe my kids are just too young for me to find that balance yet. I don't, see the need to have a seven-year-old go through, uh, through adversity as much as maybe I'm thinking too much about it. Classic overthinker. It's exactly what I always have been. And it's, uh, kind of, it's, uh, it's my, it's my modus operandi as the kids would say in the 1800s. Um, so anyway, uh, I haven't talked much about, uh, entertainment stuff on this podcast because I just, you know, I don't know it's a thousand other people to talk about entertainment stuff. Uh, but it's kind of what's on my mind and that's kind of what this podcast is. Uh, I don't know how many of you are Marvel fans. Uh, I am a very, very big Marvel fan and I've been watching Falcon and Winter Soldier, uh, a lot as most Marvel fans I'm sure are. And it's pretty goddamn amazing. Uh, I, I think it's awesome. I love the fact that, um, you know, they do all the, basically all the stuff they would do in a movie with uh, the action sequences and everything, but Marvel's at a place now where they don't really have to do a lot of exposition. You know, you know who Falcon is, you know who who Bucky is, you know who the Winter Soldier, you know, his Winter Soldier program he's been in. Like, they don't have to go back and explain it to you, and honestly, it's one of those things where if you haven't figured it out yet, Marvel does not care. They're not going to throw you a line and try to remind you of anything. I mean, like, the, the closest thing to a reminder that we've all gotten about the Winter Soldier program is just the references to stuff. And I would imagine if you've not been following Marvel, it's all super vague. 
and you have no real idea, which is in a way kind of brilliant because it makes you want to go back and watch it if you haven't. But also, like, it, it seems as if they're doing what they've done with comic books over the years with WandaVision and and uh, Falcon Winter Soldier and then coming up with Loki and then they're going to have Hawkeye soon is they're basically they're making it where they have character focused storylines just like with like House of M and all the things that they're that they've referenced with with these different series um, and the intertwining of other superheroes is there like so when they go to Madripoor in uh, in Falcon Winter Soldier, you know, there's apparently that's a and I wasn't a big comic book fan, so I've, a lot of the stuff I've gotten from friends or watching you know things like New Rock Stars and everything always and things like that on YouTube. But apparently, Madripoor has got a big storyline in it from certain ones from uh, with Wolverine. So, you know, there's a possibility that there could be an interweaving of Wolverine. And they drop like a little hints, like just having Madripoor in there and. You know, the super soldier serum was hinted back in, you know, the Incredible Hulk with Ross, uh, then General Ross, uh, doing uh, experiments on soldiers and then making Blonsky into abomination and all that stuff. So, you know, it's like there's these little things that are interweaved and now they're almost making it where like these series are these own comic books that stand on their own that may reference things here and there, but they are exclusively the, the the book of that character. And then, you know, later it goes, oh yeah, well I, I needed, um, you know, we talked about the power broker, and, you know, let's talk about the power broker in Falcon and Winter Soldier. So like, that, that character is going to get referenced later. Probably we'll figure out who the power broker is if we haven't already seen the power broker. But the recording of this episode, season, episode five, recording of this Episode 5 is coming out in two days. So we don't quite know who the Power Broker is yet. But the thing is, is that maybe the Power Broker is going to be bigger in a different series. But he or she is now interweaved into this series. So they're part of the universe that is Marvel. But they're little drops here and there and different things. I think it's really cool the way they're doing it. I mean, obviously, I'm the last guy in the party to say that. And that's the obvious reason that we all love the shows and the movies, those of us who do. But it's just kind of cool to, to see the fact that they're doing that. They're kind of almost making it like live-action comic books. Because, I mean, you know, WandaVision couldn't have anything less to do with Falcon and Winter Soldier. I'm assuming it'll have the same amount to do with Loki, or not Loki, maybe, but definitely with, uh, with Hawkeye. But, you know, when it comes time for there to be a big crossover event like Avengers movies or uh, what seems what's going to happen in um, uh, Doctor Strange's new movie, you know, then they'll all kind of interweave again and then they'll go their separate ways and have their series and then come back together and all that. It's just, I don't know. I think it's pretty amazing. I know a lot of people like Martin Scorsese famously said it wasn't cinema and all that shit, but it's storytelling. Who cares? If you're telling a story and people are interested, who cares if it's CGI? Who cares if it's whatever? I mean, that's just so stupid. It's such a stupid argument because think about it. Like, if you're reading a book, okay, that's literature, correct? But if you enjoy it and, and you're you're enjoying it and you're reading it, is Stephen King any less you know, literature than 
then I don't know, then you know, <laughs> uh, um, Robert Frost. I mean, yeah, they're different styles, of course. Robert Frost, the poet, but you know, I mean, it's like you're reading something and it's and it's entertaining you. It, it may not invoke emotion. You know, you might not get an emotional invocement from Carrie that you would from from you know uh, stopping in the woods or whatever, but. It, it's still it, it's it's entertainment for the purposes of entertaining, and it's and the reason you're reading it typically is to escape reality for a little while and have someone tell you a story. Okay, so if the person telling you a story is using CGI monsters or having you use your own um, your own imagination to imagine what it means, does that make a difference? I mean you're still being entertained who cares and you know this whole idea behind it says something about you intellectually depending on what kind of 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 entertainment you enjoy like if if you don't enjoy um you know beethoven but you listen to dmx does that somehow make you less intellectually you know uh sound of a person i mean i like i like both but i'm not gonna roll my windows down and fucking crank it to Beethoven's Ninth. It's a good, it's a great piece of music, but um, it is for what it is. And you can enjoy Mean Streets and Casino and, you know, The Departed and still enjoy The Avengers and Captain America and Ant-Man and the Wasp. It's like these battle lines that are being drawn and things, it's just ridiculous. And it happens, obviously, all over our country. I came up with the idea, that, and I know this is a bit of a shift, but I, I get—I think there's too many people in our country who are willing to say that they're against something and not willing to say that they're for something. And I think that the idea of being against something is what's kind of, well, for lack of a better term, fucking up our country. See, it's—are there things to say that you could be against? Yes, obviously against racism, against sexism, against, you know, transphobia, um, against, you know, the, the innocent slaughter of people, things like that. I mean, yes, obviously. But I think that expressing your displeasure in those things in a more proactive way, it's easy to sit back on a couch and say, I am against this. I don't like this. This is suck. This sucks. Okay. What are you for? Like, what do you stand for? Because it's easy to not like something. What's hard is to come up with solutions to where the thing you don't like has no sway anymore. So stop saying you're against things and start saying you're for things. I'm, you know, I am a, I'm against, you know, um, I don't know. I don't even know. Like it's 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 hard to, to to say one without getting into this long political discussion. But I think I think people understand. I, hopefully, you guys understand. I think that being pro something is okay. So easy here. Here's an easy one. This is easy. I mean, it, it really is this easy. Instead of saying I'm anti-racist, because we all are anti-racist, I would hope. Uh, if you're not anti-racist and you listen to my podcast, you're probably gonna be pretty disappointed with the amount of inclusionary things I talk about because I'm pretty much an all people are awesome kind of person. So, um, but you say I'm anti-racist. Okay, great. That's easy. 
It's easy to be anti-racist. But what are you going to do about it? I'm pro... You know what? What are you pro? For me, when it comes to racism, I am pro treating people equally, regardless of what they look like, regardless of what their melanin count was when they were born, regardless of what region their family comes from, regardless of what of what language they speak, regardless of, of anything like that. I am pro-inclusion. I am pro-learning about cultures so my ignorance is not, you know, uh, uh, at a high level. And I'm not talking about, like, ignorance, like, you say the wrong thing. I'm talking about the actual definition of the word ignorant. Like, I don't know the answer to something. That's being ignorant to it. Like, saying, like, what is the um, crush depth at 2,000 feet under the ocean? I have no idea. I am completely ignorant to that answer, meaning I don't know what it is. So if someone says, have you ever tried, you know, XYZ of my of food of from where I'm from, and I say, no, I don't even know what that is, that's ignorant. But it's not ignorant in the way that people say, like, oh, you're being ignorant. No, it's ignorant in the way of, like, like I don't know what it is. I want to know. So I want my ignorance level to be low. I want to be able to say, I know what that is. It's super good. Or, ah, not really into it. You know, I find it fascinating when people are born in a certain region and their palate is a certain way because of the foods they grew up eating. Or the pronunciation of certain words comes easier for some people than others because they grew up with their tongue and their mouth making those noises as words, just like the noises I make for words are different than theirs, and my tongue isn't as sophisticated in certain things and vice versa. I find that kind of stuff fascinating. So I like to learn about that kind of stuff so I'm not ignorant to it anymore because I think it's cool. Because I legitimately believe we only go around once and I don't want to not know things. It drives my wife insane because I'm constantly asking why, like a four-year-old, but I do. Like, I think that kind of stuff is cool. And I think that that's the kind of thing that we should be pro. Not pro annoying your wife, but pro learning about shit. Pro inclusion to things. That is, to me the antithesis of saying I am anti-racist. Okay, well, you're anti-racist, but you're not doing anything about it. Learn about other cultures. Learn to respect other cultures. Learn to respect other people. And I mean other cultures in the way of like literally like, you know, California to Ohio. Like our states are laid out like different countries. I mean, if you looked at Europe and you looked at America, it's basically the same type of thing, but Germany and, and, you know, uh, England and, all these different places are all different countries, obviously, but they're like, they're neighbors, just like California is neighbored to Arizona and Nevada and Oregon and Washington and all the other places. Learn about those states as if you're learning about a whole nother country because there are different cultures. Did you know they call it pop and not soda in the Midwest? The freaks. So, you know, if someone says, oh, I want to pop, does it mean you want to punch them in the face or they want to get punched in the face? They want a Coca-Cola, but, you know, or, uh, you know, the, the way that they, they talk in like Maine, a Maine accent is crazy. Uh, Boston accents, obviously famously, you know, parodied a thousand times over and, uh, and everyone knows a Boston accent, but there are certain words that people say in the East coast that we don't say on the West coast and vice versa. 
Um, there are certain things people do. Have you ever had to hook a battery, uh, a, a warmer, I mean, a, like a heater up to your car overnight, my Californian friends? No, you don't. Because you don't live in extremely cold weather. But people in Buffalo, New York do it all the time. You know, it's it's commonplace for people in Wisconsin to do so. I don't know. I think basically what I'm saying is pretty elementary shit and people should already know this, but it feels like by like what I see online and see people talk about that like this should be talked about. And also join groups on social media that you would never normally join because being in an echo chamber is the worst thing for inclusion of all people because you know how many people think that they're either it was a foregone conclusion that that their candidate was going to win regardless of who their candidate was and the reason being is you surround yourself on social media by the exact same people who think exactly like you and then all you ever see is people posting things that you would post or that you like or that you agree with and in your mind if this many people is a small sample size of the world then oh my god everyone thinks like me i'm in the right it's not true it's not true your 25 friends on Facebook who think like you, that's 25 people. There's thousands and thousands of people who don't think like you at all, or think like you but a little bit to one side or the other, or don't think at all like anything you've thought is even a, a cogent idea. Believe me, I have people on my Facebook and I keep them and I interact with them on purpose because they think totally differently than I do. Now, some of them are crazy, some of them wear their mask in their car alone and take selfies don't get it uh some of them are you know completely like the kind of people who would start a fight at a home depot because they tell them to wear a mask i don't get that either i don't get either side of it but what i do understand is that everyone thinks they're right because they surround themselves with virtual yes men and yes women you you are legitimately online getting likes from people and and, and you're going to get likes from people who like what you say. Most people, other than maybe one or two, don't want to have conflict. So when those one or two people pop up that want to have conflict, you think that, okay, now my community is going to rally around me and we're all going to argue with this person. And usually that does happen. Because the truth is, is the majority of people who don't actually think the way you do, don't take the time to try to convince you because they know it's pointless. You're an adult. You think the way you think. Okay, I think it's wrong. So you can either live in your echo chamber and never question your own ideas, or you can get yourself outside of your echo chamber and actually think about like, oh, like maybe I was wrong on this issue and admit you were wrong. It's okay to admit you were wrong. It's okay to admit that you've changed your attitude on something, your opinion of something. It's totally fine. People do it all the time. When you're an adult, it's part of evolving as an adult. The problem is, is that like we've learned as kids watching political debate, watching celebrities who you know are outspoken about things, when they change their mind, they get roasted for it by people. Oh, you thought this five years ago. So what? I was a different person five years ago. I I, I don't even identify with the person I was ten years ago. If I met him right now, I'd be like, eh. All right, whatever. Like, I wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, there you are. No, I'd probably be like, oh, I'm different from that guy now. And you should be. You should evolve. You shouldn't be the person that you were 10 years ago. 
And, you know, I mean, unless, of course, the person you were 10 years ago is an ever-evolving human being, which none of us really probably were. So, get your shit together. Stop living in an echo chamber. Stop letting people be your sycophants who will give you thumbs ups, likes, and the new stupid hugging emoji on, on Facebook and telling you Yaz Queen or whatever the fuck it is people say to each other that are obnoxious. Um, and, and, you know, get outside of your comfort zone. If you're afraid of something, then do it. Try it. Engage in it. It'll make you a better person, but also it will make it so you understand the other side of things. You understand those people. You don't have to learn about something and then all of a sudden like it. You can learn about something and go, okay, I think I was correct in my assumption that I, I am not I am not a fan of that. That's fine, but go and learn about it. it, it you know, if you're afraid of a, a certain ideology, you know, like a religious ideology, how many people out there have said that they don't like the way Muslims are but have never stepped foot in a mosque? Go to a mosque. If you're an atheist, go to a church. And don't do it in an ironic way. Don't go in expecting to hate it. Go in with the idea that you want to understand what these people think. Religions have been around a lot longer than you. And they're going to be around a lot longer after you're gone. So why don't you understand where they're coming from? Maybe, like I have, you'll find common ground with all of them. And realize that at the end of the day... A lot of what they're saying is the same thing from just a different voice. And maybe you start to understand that, okay, maybe I'm not so different from these people. We don't believe in the same hierarchy or the same uh, deity, or even a deity at all, but we believe in the same core beliefs. And we believe in the same whatever. And that's where understanding comes in. You, I'm not expecting an atheist to become a born-again Christian or a Catholic or a Muslim or whatever. But it would be nice if you understood these things. Um, I used to joke that I'm an atheist because I read the Bible. And it's a joke, but what it, what it is, is is I have read a lot of religious texts over the years. Um, I've, you know, read a lot of uh, criticisms of religion from both sides. Um, I've talk to different people in different religions who are bishops and priests and pastors and um, I've never actually talked to an imam but I did speak with, I did interview a guy who was uh, um, um, high up in the sort of the uh, I guess the PR of, of a mosque um, and you know I just uh, I've, I've good friends I've talked to about who are Sikhs um, I and I'm not saying, like, look at me, how great. I'm saying, like, I formed my opinion and I'm continuing to form my opinion about the afterlife and and uh, religion and morality and all that stuff as I go. But I'm not going to learn. I'm not going to, again, like 10 years back, I'm not going to be the same religious beliefs I grew up with and stick with those to the end of time. Go, yep, got that done. Like, you buy a couch. And you're like, okay, no more couches. You know, no more, I got a dining room table, I'm good, I'm, I'm done with my dining room table. I'm not like that with, with my belief system. I'm not going to sit there and go, well, this is what I believed when I was 17 or 18, and that's what the government calls an adult, so that's what I believe. No, and I don't think a spiritual convergen, or, um, convergence as you get older is 
is, you know, is that abnormal? I think a lot of people find God or disbelieve in God or whatever as they get older because it's ever-changing, as it should be. As it should be for your beliefs in what is best for our society. Because I think one of the problems we have is so many people are stuck in their beliefs from the get-go as to what this means, what this has meant for 200 years, and it's unchangeable. Or this is... This is a foundation of our our republic, but it should be changed. Both sides are right and both sides are wrong. Some things maybe should be updated a bit, for sure. Also, some things are really wonderful bedrocks that probably shouldn't be changed because the the shift of the paradigm, once it's been changed, may be a little bit much for a republic to stand up on. So we've got to understand that there is change to be made, but there's also some things are you know, pretty good as they are, and maybe we should stick with them. If it sounds confusing, it is, because the idea, the point of it all is, is that we don't, as people, we need to just keep going, don't stop who you are, don't, you know, don't stop evolving as a human, just be, I don't know, just keep moving, okay, don't, don't give up on things. Don't be complacent to just be the one guy who's, I'm going to stand and I'm going to die on this hill of whatever. It's like, why? Don't. Learn more. Read more books. Listen to podcasts. Listen to books on tape, which does count as reading. You fucking jerks say it's not. It doesn't count as reading. It counts as reading. I've read about a dozen books this year so far. Um, listen to podcasts. Interview people. Talk to people. You don't need to have a podcast to talk to people. I mean, the original interview was called Conversation. Have a conversation with somebody who doesn't believe what you believe. You know, go talk to a homeless person. Go talk to, you know, people in in all walks of life. Go ask your senator to have a conversation with them. You know, not to get them to change something. Don't have a meeting with them. Say, hey, I don't understand the government very well. Can you talk to me? Talk to the Republican. Talk to the Democrat. Talk to both of them. See what they say. Do all these things. Why not? We can do sit around and watch TV all goddamn day. Talking to Winter Soldiers only on once a week. Okay? You got six other days, 23 other hours to do other shit. Go do that. All right. I'm at my job now, so I'm going to go. Thanks for listening to this rambling. Hopefully this podcast worked, and uh, I like you all very much. Bye.